All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Dropping the Gloves. Thanks for joining us here on a nice uh, Wednesday. What's well, Tuesday? We're going to release it Wednesday, right, Tim? I don't know what we're doing here. It's a weird week. It's it's Christmas week, so we're just trying to we're trying to just make things happen. Get you guys, you you animals, your three episodes, so you're always happy, fat and happy. We like to keep you, right, Tim? That's right. Yeah, I'm traveling tomorrow, so we're doing this on Tuesday to release Wednesday, but Friday we should be back to normal. For we, should just re- we should just release it Tuesday because j- life life happens fast. We might just release it today. We'll see. Tim's got a new haircut, and he's wearing a hat. It looks like he's bald because uh, you go high and tight on the sides, and you wear your hat oh, so low. This haircut, I uh, I went to this new place I found like three haircuts ago, and I really like it, but I, there was a new guy I hadn't seen before, mm. and you would have hated it. It took like probably a full hour, and he's doing like... And he's like, hey, you, I, I always tell him very simple. I'm like, I want a two on the side and then just sort of clean it up up top to shorten it. Natural look. I don't want like hard parts or any like fancy fades or whatever. But he was like pulling out all these tools. It took bro. You know what it was like? Remember that scene in Toy Story 2? Have you seen that? Where he's like repairing. You're referencing Woody. Toy Story 2, Tim. Like where, where are we the going listeners with this? Know, okay. when, when the guy, when the toy guy's like fixing Woody up and he pulls out all these little like uh tools and magnifying kits and like all these like little paint brushes and he's got so many tools he uses just to fix a little toy that's what it was like he had like this guy had like and the other thing was he had turned me away from the mirror for like a full half hour without turning around so i had no idea what he was doing or what it looked like it was just it was a tough it was tough i know what he's doing back there i never know what he's doing yeah so he kind of did a um, fancy it always comes back to this for me what is what is a cut like that costs Tim Moore's burger these days? It was fifty bucks. Fifty dollars. Thanks. That's like that's pretty standard now. I was upset when my barber just upped his prices from twenty to twenty five recently. My like, place. Joe, what, what the heck? My hometown place, which was great, was fourteen dollars for years, like through high school and stuff, and then they're probably still twenty max. They're they're pretty good. Yeah, they just bumped it up, and they're two old guys. And they're like, we had to. Everybody else is charging more, so why shouldn't we? Like, well, there goes your tip. Because I'm not, like, I'm giving you 25. So I'm just letting you know. No, I give them 30 stinkers. I just do an extra five, you know? It's nice. You're nice. My my haircut takes 20, 
22 to 30 minutes. But there's a lot of chatter in there. Like we're we're talking about a lot of different things. The politics, the state of our country, life, you know, life choices, things like that. Real deep, deep stuff. You guys probably talk about what when you're getting your haircut? Hockey. This is the guy that I, t- I texted you. He knows, um, who did I say he knows? Uh, the fighter from Columbus. What's his name? Oh, yeah. It's so funny. Jody everybody's, got a, everybody's got a connection to somebody. Do you want to interview this guy? I'm like, no, I don't. Like, I, I really don't. So, anyways, that's good. You look good, Tim. Nice haircut. Mama's going to like that. Deirdre's going to really enjoy that haircut. So, Nikita Zadorov. He had a nice haircut. What did you think of that interview, Tim? I like to do a recap because we don't really get a chance to talk afterwards. Sometimes they're good. Sometimes they're bad. What did you think, Tim, of big Nikita? 250 pounds is a big boy. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was pretty good. He, uh, you know, he was very careful with his answers. Not surprisingly. Um, Very like politician, like, you know, like, hey, what's better? This or that? Well, they're different. You know, it's just, okay. Um, So he knows how to play the game well. A um, couple of good nuggets. I really liked. He had straightforward answers on a couple of things, like the Canucks, why they're so much better this year. Like instantly, the coaching, you know. Yeah. Like he had been thinking about that before, and so I'm glad I got a couple of straight answers out of him. But the Calgary stuff, he seemed to swerve pretty well. Well, rightfully so. Like he's a young kid. What is he like? Twenty six. He's going to be UFA again this year for the second time. That doesn't happen for players <laughs> of his skill level. Like he's a good player, but he's not going to burn any bridges. You go back to Calgary. It was funny. As soon as we stop recording and we can have a real conversation, then he starts just talking. I won't get into what he said, but it's just funny how I would do the same thing. I'm not going to go out there and throw in daggers when I have another potentially 10 years left in my NHL career, the way things are going. <clears throat> nice kid. Nice guy. Good English. I um. Does he make a big difference on Vancouver, do you think? Overall, at the at the end of the day, is he going to push them closer to a Stanley Cup, or is it just like a a slight, maybe a incremental increase that he's on the back end there? I think it's somewhere in the middle. Like I don't think it's incremental. It's not that he doesn't make them, you know, an instant favorite, but he does bring some stuff that they needed on the back end. The stuff that we talked about even before the trade went down with the the size, the physicality. They've got some size, but they Tyler Myers doesn't play big, you know, like. Oh. Um, and so Zadorov, I think, brings that physicality and probably they all stand up a little bit taller when he's out there, especially like the other day, that Pedersen fight with well, Pedersen hit. Then he went and fought that guy. And he said before that we started recording, he's like, I didn't even see the hit. I just, uh, you heard I the just, crowd. Yeah, I heard the crowd. I saw PD on the ground and I just went after the guy. And he kind of said, like, I, I, you shouldn't have to answer for a clean hit, but that's what the situation was in that moment. And I wanted to stand up and. Peterson said, Peterson said after the game, like, it's good to know that Zadorov has your back no matter what. So I think that stuff is really important. And it's funny how hockey works. If he would have turned around and it would have been like Connor Garland, he would have been like, ah, whatever. <laughs> yeah, like maybe he's John at the guy, but he's not dropping the gloves. No, he's like, I'm already up the ice. I don't care. <laughs> like, if it was anybody but Peterson, maybe JT Miller. But Miller can handle himself fairly well. But I thought it was a good interview. I liked it. I liked the kid. It, it, it brought me back to my days in Buffalo where I just, I literally took him and Griego under my wing. It was a lot of fun. I, I took those guys a lot of places because the language barrier was tough. I knew he was coming from the OHL, but he still didn't speak very well. And Grigorenko was the same way. And they're both good, young, innocent kids. I, I, think, I enjoyed them. 
There was one story I think you told again before we started recording about you falling asleep somewhere. What what was the deal with that one? Well, um, Buffalo is is a tricky nightlife situation, and I think I went out and maybe got overserved. Bartender's fault. Wasn't feeling very good the next morning, and we had a a hard skate, um, a bag skate, and I was struggling. Like I I was struggling. I don't think I had too much sleep the night before. And I um, was getting undressed because we were going to the airport. We had to fly out that day. We played the next day. I um I was so sick. I fell asleep in my equipment, in my stall, laying down, like prone. And I, the trainer had to come and wake me up and said, hey, we need your equipment. We have to go to the airport. It's time. So I got undressed, and then I went in the trainer's room and laid down again and fell asleep again. Because I, I was so, like, I think I had nothing left in me. Like, I just sweated all out. I was so sick, and I, I almost died. Almost died. But they had to, like, rouse me awake again and say, hey, the plane's leaving, like, in a half an hour. We got to go. And so I'm like, I might have still been, you know, under the influence. That bartender was just too much. You got to know when to cut someone off. It wasn't my fault. So, yeah, he, he, him and Tyler Myers had a good laugh about that because I was just like this. I was sleeping on the dressing room bench, like just full equipment. I just couldn't. I could not gather the energy after the bag skate we just endured to even take my skates off. It was embarrassing. You know, life comes at you fast sometimes. I think I was drugged. Well, it was funny how he remembers those sort of things. And like his rookie, like his first ever preseason game was the game of the Kessel incident. Like, that's kind of crazy. He's like, Where, what league is this? Where am I? Um, and Pretty then the thing, stuff. And he was like, hey, remember when you choked out Risto? Like, how would you ever forget it? You know, but I, it was good. I liked him. We should have him on again sometime. It is year. funny thinking back to a kid coming into that environment. It was a wild environment. Like, it really was. We had me, Steve Ott. And Mike Weber, Patrick Coletta, and even Thomas Vanek, he said. Vanek didn't work hard at all. Van was just kind of like, whatever. Like, he just had natural skill. You know, we like to have fun. It was one of those things. We were a bad team, and everybody knew it. So we're like, all right, let's lean into this. Let's just have fun. And we would go to the rink. We would work hard. We were outmatched. We weren't going to let it ruin our time. So it's just kind of one of those things. And then he was our first over first-round pick. Like, this is the NHL? Like, not really. Yeah. You know, it wasn't really, but we we had a good time. It was fun. All right, moving on, Tim. Or do you want to stay on this a little longer? Let's get into it. Let's get into Give Better. Everybody loves it's Christmas time. It's a season of giving. Everybody's having fun. You can have fun, too. And you can have fun gambling. There was a heck of a lot of good hockey games on last night. There's football games. I like watching football on a Sunday. They do Saturday games now and Thursday games. Hockey every night. Go to Give Better, jump on there, do some gambling, and guess what? You're going to lose. It happens. Tim loses all the time. Tim's a loser. But even though Tim's a loser, he still feels good about being a big, pathetic loser because 25% of his losses goes to charity, right, Timmy? Big loser? <laughs> no comment. Yes, it's true, though. <laughs> We're going to get emails now. Lay off, Tim. But go to GiveBetter.com. It, it is a fantastic idea. Check out their whole situation. It's a good company. They're rolling out. We've been talking about this app. Apple's so hard. 
they're they're trying to roll out this app and there's all these little bugs they're trying to iron out but we're gonna we're gonna get that to you guys hopefully soon and then you guys will, your heads will explode because it's so fun but go to give better they're a sports gambling partner for us and they're responsible <laughs> just like tim tim's responsible even though he's a loser he's still responsible right tim tim the responsible loser did we just come up with a t-shirt no we're mo- no this is not gonna be a thing no 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 if you be. would humble yourself, it could be a thing. That is not going to be a thing. That has nothing Loose, to do with humility. Loser. Loser. Your face. On the back. Responsible loser. <laughs> Lose responsibly. Lose responsibly, like Tim. Speaking of losing, the Ottawa Senators have been doing their fair share of losing lately in the last couple months. A team that came into this season with honestly aspirations of taking the next step. They had the big late season run last year. We had Brady Kachuk on. He talked about how good it felt to play meaningful games in March and April where they were chasing down that wild card spot. Obviously, it didn't come to fruition, but you get that feeling. This offseason, you lose to Brinkett, but you bring in Tarasenko. To Brinkett really wasn't that much of an impact for as much as they paid him. They were hoping for more. Maybe Tarasenko would be that guy to kind of unlock the potential of these young stars. You get Josh Norris back. You re-sign Jake Sanderson to a big deal who Kachuk was just like waxing poetically how good this guy is. And he's been good. Well, what's going on? They are in last place in the Atlantic Division. They are in a mired in a huge losing streak. And they just fired their coach, DJ Smith, the head coach since 2019-20. He's gone, Tim. They're bringing in Jacques Martin. Ever heard of him? I have not. He's 71 years old. Isn't that crazy? They think the answer to this team is a 71-year-old retreaded tire who's been passed around the league over and over again. Jacques Martin, one of the most experienced coaches in the NHL. Oh, when he's already been the coach of the Senators before. So he knows his way around the city in the locker room. So that'll help him. Crazy stuff. He was their coach from 96 to 2004. Um, assistant coach for the Penguins last in 16-17. Was that his last coaching stint in 16-17, Tim? I feel like he had to have been around after that. But what a... I don't know. What's your initial take on this? Is this a good hire? Jacques Martin? Well, I don't know anything about him other than what I read after the the news broke through. Um, he seems like he's, you know, got the experience. He's got the pedigree. He is old. You know, I don't know how the, how much that's going to help him. But it was time to move on from DJ Smith. They just weren't winning. Eleven and fifteen on the year. Not just dead last in the Atlantic. They're dead last in the East. Like it, it was bad. And we had talked last week and a couple weeks ago about like they hadn't played as many games as other teams. So even though they were five hundred. Maybe there's like if they win four yeah. out of the next six, you know what I mean? Like maybe they jump the standings. They lost four out of the next six. They're eleven and fifteen. So <laughs> like wah, wah. we can't. They still have played less, fewer games than most of the other teams, but they have a losing record. You know what I mean? You can't you can't use that possibility anymore. So it was time to move on. You know the the fans had been chanting it. Even we had Brady Kachuk on the show a couple months ago, and that had happened like shortly before that. And we asked him, and Brady has some good things to say about him. He said. Quote, he definitely commands the room whenever he walks in. We're still talking about DJ Smith here. You definitely hear him coming down the hall with his voice, but he's been great. I wouldn't be the player I am if it wasn't for him. And a lot of players in that room could say the same thing. He's a great coach. 
though Brady liked him, the team liked him, must have been a player's coach, but he just wasn't getting it done. Never made the playoffs, never really came close, so it was time to move on. So why are they losing then? You get Jacob Chitron last year. He was a stud defenseman. He's going to solidify the top four. They got Sanderson. They got Artem Zub, who's a pretty good defenseman in his own right. What's the deal with Ottawa right now? Are they just not getting contribution from their top line? Is, is the depth an issue? Is their goaltending struggling? Tim, you're an Ottawa insider if I've ever seen one. What's the deal with the centers? Well, the goaltending is for sure is one of it. They've got Corpus Allo and Anton Forsberg. Both of them have losing records. Both of them have goals against averages over three, save percentages below nine. Like these are just, they're just not good enough. And I was looking through like the team by team stats to see like, are the Senators scoring fewer goals? Are they allowing more goals than most other teams? But they're not. They're kind of middle of the pack in both of those areas. So it's not, it's not like a team wide thing. If you look at their stats, like Tim Stutzla has got 29 points in 26 games. Giroux's got 25. Brady Kachuk has 14 goals. Like you're getting some solid production, but it's not enough, you know. And and it's interesting because you last year we talked about the Senators taking another step, take another step, and you said no. You were like, no, they, this is who they are. This is their group. Like you're waiting for something that's not going to happen. And I thought you were just a negative. Uh, you thought I was crazy, idiot, responsible yeah. loser. But but mm. seems like you saw something here. I'm glad you brought that up. Because at the time, yeah, you were all in on the Senators taking that next step. And what I saw was a team that had reached its apex. Kachuk had a fairly good year. Stutzel was playing fantastic. Giroux came in and played really, really well for a guy of his age. He was 34, 35 years old, and he put up like 70 points. Batherson was playing well. You, you were missing Norris. But in my eyes, you're like, how much better can these guys be? And I think it's it's proving true where they just don't have it, unfortunately. I, I, like, I, I like Brady Kachuk. I like Stutzel. I think he's a good player. I think they're missing a few pieces on this team. It doesn't help that Shabbat Shalom has been out for the majority of this season. I think he's played nine games, and now he's on the LTIR, where I don't know when he's going to be back. He's a huge part of this back end. If he's healthy... You have him, Chitrin, Zub. You have a pretty solid decor, but without him, it gets pretty thin pretty, pretty quick. I don't know. The, this team never had it in my eyes to start the season. I like the addition of Tarasenko. I didn't think he was going to change the world. I don't think he's better than Dabrinkit by any means. Maybe he was going to revert back to the guy who was a stud three, four, five years ago, but he's old. He's, he's, he's worn. He's weathered. He's been through the ringer. How many more analogies can I say, Tim? He was he was rode hard and put away wet. You know what I mean? I don't. You don't know what that means? <clears throat> no, I think you made that up. No, it's a cowboy term. You ride him hard and you put him away wet. You got to dry him off first or else they're going to get moldy and die and cold. Look it okay. up. Well, so <laughs> you look at this, the team, you look at the cap situation. Where do they go from here? There's not a lot of flexibility they have. The mm -hmm. only expiring contracts are Tarasenko, Kubelik, and Brandstrom, and then like a few ELC guys. This team is their team. Yep. And Steve, Steve, Steve Steo said yesterday or, or Sunday, I do have faith in this group. He's a GM. I do have faith in this group. I have faith in the leadership of this group and the character of this group. I think with the right guidance and environment that they can go to that level, there's plenty of room for optimism within our group with the individual individuals that we have. 
I think it's our job now to make sure that we study these things. A lot of words, not really saying much there. Um, the idea is just that he, you know, he thinks there's still something to this core. And I, I still do. I think so too. I still like this group. I still think there's some, they could reach another level. It, it took the, the Maple Leafs how many years of, of losing? You know, I know they were better than this, but you, st- you stick by that group. And then finally they win a playoff series last year. Maybe they may win a couple this year. I don't know. Just to blow it up just because it's not working now doesn't mean that you get rid of good players. But then again, how long can you hold on to this? What did, Tim, what do you expect the GM to say? What do you expect him to say? Do you expect him to come out and say, yeah, we're, we're in trouble? Like, he, he's the new GM. He just took over. So he, he, he's kind of stuck with these guys. Do you think he, he's supposed to come in and say, yeah, well, it ain't good. Like, we, we need to have some major changes. He is locked into these guys for the better part of a decade. And we were talking when they were doing this a year, two years, three years ago, when they were locking up Stutzla, when they were locking up Chuck, when they signed all these guys to long-term big deals before they had proven it, the Joshua Norris, the Drake Batherson, they were giving them big money values. And we were questioning them, and you go through them, and you say, okay, it's, it's a gamble. Maybe the gamble didn't work. Maybe you didn't want to hitch your cart to these guys. They're good players, but as a whole, maybe they don't work together. I don't know. I haven't watched too many Ottawa Senators games, I'll be honest, but with the amount of talent and individual success that you have, because, yeah, you you mentioned Stutzel's having a pretty good year. Kachuk's having a pretty good year. Giroux's right up there again. Batherson's he's playing really well. So it's maybe it just doesn't work. Maybe it's just not the team. You have to tinker, you have to add, you have to subtract, but you can't at this point. You have You have locked up. 50-some million dollars in salary, 60, $60 million in salary to your core for the next eight years with Sanderson, with Shabbat, with Chitrin. Well, Chitrin's not locked up yet. He will. But all these guys are making eight-plus. Norris, Kachuk, Stutzel, um, Sanderson, and Chitrin. That's a lot of money for these guys. So you, there's, there, there's no wiggle room. This is their team, and I just don't think they have it. I really don't. And you can't bring in supplementary pieces to help these guys without getting rid of what major one. You're looking at a a Toronto Maple Leafs situation where you have five or six guys making a a lion's share of the the cap, and then you have to fill in with the rest. Do you think a veteran's going to want to go play in Ottawa to chase a cup, or is he going to want to go to Tampa Bay or Toronto or Edmonton or Colorado or Dallas or the Rangers? Or Boston. Do you think, or Boston. I'll, I'll throw Boston in there. Uh, I don't think Ottawa m- is quite like those teams. But they, no. they still spend the same amount. But this is the tricky part with salary cap now and locking these young players up. You have to gamble. You have to do this. And I'm not saying these guys are bad players. But when you look at a team and, I, and you compare them to the other teams that I just listed off, doesn't bode well for the senders. All those other teams have legit superstars and they're making similar money. So, you know, you swing and you miss, man. And I I feel like they missed on a lot of these guys where they will be good NHL players, but are they worth the eight, eight and a half, nine million dollars that they're signed to right now? I don't think so. I had forgotten what Jake Sanderson signed to. He's still on his ELC, but next year he's making over eight million dollars. Yeah. And this is like, he's going to have 45 points this year. I know he's young and he's up and coming. He's super talented, but 
you you're right. These these are there's a lot of gambling in these contracts, and maybe they hit, and that's what you have to do to be a GM in this league right now because all the players are getting paid before they produce. Um, the Sanderson's of the world, the Boldies of the world, even Stutzla, who has who has come through on it. He's produced, he's delivered, but this team is it's tough because you also look at the division. I know they're a little bit older, like Lightning, Boston, Leafs, but they're still going to be good for the next two, three years. And so, like, who are you going to leapfrog? You know, like, yeah. the Red Wings have passed you, the Panthers have passed you, even the Sabres have passed you. And so we kept waiting for the Senators to take this next jump. And even if they do, like, they could be a lot better than they are right now and still not be in a playoff spot. That's how competitive this division is, and that's how strong these teams are. So <sighs> it's tough. I want them yeah. to be good so bad. But, yeah, Josh and- Norris. He scored 35 goals. He was an RFA. They signed him to a big $8 million deal for eight years. He's been injured, rightfully so, but he's got nine goals this year in 23 games. That's not good enough. But for guys making eight million. He's got 16 points. To, don't you want to see Brady in the playoffs? Like he's, he's I would love to. For that, you know? yeah, the, I just, I really, I really think they just rode the wave of signing these young guys, like you said, and it just didn't work. I, I yeah. It's tough. I, I think Stutzel is a good contract. He was their first, third overall, first round pick. But again, it's, it's, I don't want to throw shade at him because he's still young. He's only, what, 21 years old and he will improve. But he's making almost $8.5 million. $8.5 million, Tim. He's got six goals this year in 26 games. That's not good enough. Like It's not. He's got 23 assists. That's good. But he needs to score. He had 39 goals the year before. He is a goal scorer. You got to put the puck in the net. So it, it's fun to, I don't know, it's fun to give out these contracts. You look like a hero if you're the GM. You're handing out these Dorian. He was just like, it's going to be great. There's a reason he got fired. So I, I feel bad because I, I, Kachuk, friend of the show, he's a great player, but man, this team's going nowhere fast. It's, it's, it's not looking good for this team in the next six years unless they can figure out. How to manage these contracts. The, the cap should rise, so that should help. But boy, they're in last place, Tim. And they're spending to the ceiling. Like, they have no money in their piggy bank. Not good. Not, no bueno. No, and they've done a lot of things right with this organization in terms of building the homegrown talent. Like, most of these guys were drafted by the team. They've all been developed by the team. They were signed to long-term contracts. Like, this is the home-built team. So that part of it's gone well. But you also have to be able to add free agents to players and you you get Giroux, you get Tarasenko, but like they're not they're not game changers at this point in their careers. And you're right, like which which free agent is UFA is going to want to have the pick of the litter and pick Ottawa over everyone else? Because that's what Ottawa's going to need to get over the hump is bring in some more NHL level like top six players, top four defensemen, and no one none of those guys want to play on this team right now. And they don't. Yeah. It's not going to change the next couple of years. So too bad. Next couple of years. Next couple of decades. I'm hmm. sorry. Ottawa's not a destination. It really all apologies to Ottawa and Canada. You're not a destination. It really if if you have the option to go anywhere or Ottawa, you're you're picking anywhere. Maybe the Devils, maybe like there's a couple other places, but Ottawa's a bottom five destination for a, an NHL player who's a free agent. It was interesting yesterday with Zadorov when we asked about like Kachuk and Goudreau, and the first thing he said about Johnny was about playing in the States versus Canada. Yeah. And it was more than just, I mean, he's an American player. He wants to be in his home country. But there was there was a little bit little bit more behind that. But it's just the Canada thing is, is just tougher on players. Tim, I've so. said it forever. 
Nobody wants to play in Canada if they don't have to. I get going to your hometown team, playing in Toronto. It's fun to play in front of friends and family. It's it's enticing. Winning in Toronto is very, very fun, I would imagine. But play in the States. I'm a Canadian kid. I get it. But there's more advantages of playing in the States overall. The travel's easier. You don't have to go across the border. Canada's just a stickler on a lot of these little rules. It, it, it They gum you up all the time, whether it's the passports, whether it's the travel, whether it's this and that and the other. It's annoying. Even just buying properties in Canada is is difficult for a foreigner. It's just it's just a weird system they have up there. Yeah. In the States is just anything goes. It's free for all. It's Wild West, baby. It's fantastic. So I don't know. It's unfortunate. I want them to win. I want them to succeed, but they just I do like the moves they've made. It's just not panning out. You know, what are you gonna do? It happens. Not everybody can win the Stanley Cup. Not everybody can make the playoffs. There has to be Losers. Right, Tim? You're a big loser, you know. But with Give Better. You're a big loser with Give Better, not in life. There's a difference. These guys are big losers in life. On the NHL level. <laughs> yeah. Let's move on. I think they're doing okay in life, but yeah. Um, let's move on. There was another kind of major move here with the Hurricanes. They put Antti Ranta on waivers, which he cleared over the weekend. Um, he struggled pretty bad this year. He's 6-5-1, 3.61 goals against average, 854 save percentage. The Hurricanes, by the way, had the worst save percentage as a team in the league. Um, so just not good enough. So he was he was waived, and that was it had to do with him not being good enough, but it was also a message to the rest of the players. And Aho even spoke on this. He said, This has to be a wake up call to the to the locker room. Everyone has to take a deep look in the mirror. It's not all on him as to why we've been struggling. That's never how it works. It's never one guy. Goalie's a tough job. You're either the hero or the anti hero. So before we get into what this means, were you surprised by this this move here? No, not at all. They've all been garbage. All three of them have been just horrendous. When you look at their numbers, not one of them has a above 900 save percentage. They're just garbage, Tim. So this is this has been a long time coming, especially for a team who should be a contender. They've been at the top of the Eastern Conference for the last three, four years now. They've been making deep playoff runs. They are built for the playoffs, and they're not even going to make the playoffs. Like these, All these guys, Ranta, Anderson, and Kachetkov, terrible. Terrible, terrible, terrible this year. And that's saying a lot because they play in a system which is very, very goalie-friendly. Rod the Bod, he, he prides himself on his D zone. He prides himself on playing a 200-foot game. They're not getting two-on-ones. They're not giving up breakaways. They're not giving up grade-A chances left and right. And these guys still can't stop the puck. It's it's not good. They're just playing bad. Rant has been the worst of them. Anderson's coming back from an injury. He had just resumed skating, so hopefully he can come back in the next month. But he had one of those blood clot things. So Anderson, that's yeah. a tricky one. That's a tricky one. That's because of uh, it's the vaccine, right, Tim? <laughs> I don't know. Are we going to um, throw conspiracies out there? Bet you got well, vaxxed. It's funny because we had posted just the other day what you said a couple of shows ago about, you know, I don't know what's going on with Carolina, but can we say they're out of the top, you know, cup contending teams? Because they everyone had them, right? Like we yep. all did. Uh, but the the most common comment I saw was people saying basically like, hey, they never were. You know what I mean? And I was thinking about that. And it seems like, you know, even who do we talk to recently that said they were really hard to play against? Um who did we interview before Zadorov? Who was last week or two weeks ago? I can't remember I what forget. I did yesterday. <laughs> yeah, regardless, they were like, Carolina is a hard team to play against in the playoffs. But it does seem like they have a ceiling. Just the Graves. way they play, like, 
Graves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they've got a ceiling to the to the, the way that they play, and in, in that it's like it's it's they can win a round, maybe two, but it's really hard to go on a deep cup run when you're trying to win one nothing every night. There's not a lot of teams that can do that. A lot of teams that have done that. The only team that comes to mind for me is um, 2012 Kings. You know what I mean? Like that's the game that they play, but it's very very difficult to do, especially with the league and the rules now. Like you've got to have the sniper. You've got to have the go to guy who want the puck in their stick. I am completely shocked that you're saying this right now. Are you walking Why? back everything you said preseason? Because I said the Carolina Hurricanes should have went out and got a goal score. We are going to see if they can win without a superstar. And you're like, Sebastian Ajo is a superstar. He's right there that. with all those guys. And I said, no, he's not. He's a good yeah. player. This team doesn't have a proven guy who can carry them when needed and now listen to you oh boy i'm having myself a good show this feels pretty <laughs> good i, I uh, this team doesn't have it they don't have that guy yes aho's good yes yes friend of the show seth jarvis is good you got cocky and emmy Svechnikov hasn't been the same since he came back from his achilles he's hurt right now presently teravinen's fun martin Stahl, fast they have a lot of good depth players they got a lot of good second line guys. Aho is really their only first line guy. Let's be let's be honest about that. But he ain't a superstar. So if if your goaltender isn't good and you can't you know beat teams two one, you certainly aren't going to beat teams four to three. You don't have the horsepower to score average four goals a game. That's not that's not who you are. So I don't know. I thought they were going to be better. You bring in Orlov. You have a good back end. It just is not happening. They, they're still in a playoff position. So let's not push the panic button too soon. But boy, oh boy, they need to find some goaltenders. They did. They just brought in Aaron Dell for a professional tryout. They had Halak in last month. That didn't work out. They're hoping Aaron Dell can maybe come in and just be good. They don't need him to be fantastic. That's the thing about being a goalie with the Carolina Hurricanes. It's almost like you, you were a quarterback with the Baltimore Ravens back in the day. Just be a game manager. Don't turn it over. They need a goaltender to come in and just stop the easy pucks. That's it. You're going to get 25 well, shots. Stop 23 of them. That's all we need you to do. Yeah, so now Kachekov is going to take the lion's share of, of starts, but he's not even really a number one in the NHL, and his backup is this guy, Yaniv Peretz, who was signed from the Coast League. You know what I mean? Like, and So there's just there's, there's a shortage of goaltenders in the organization because they only have four signed, and two are, one was waived, one is Anderson who got hurt, and so they have one of them is the, is the ECHL goalies, who's now the backup in the NHL. So it's tough. The funny thing about Aaron Dell, though, he was, uh, there's a little video was floating around the other day of him warming up and taking some shots. And it was uh, Couture and Jumbo on the ice with him from uh, former teammates on the Sharks. I thought that was kind of cool. That is really cool. Imagine being like, hey, I need some action. I need some shots. Who can I call? Oh, just Joe Thornton, first ballot Hall of Famer, and Logan Couture, captain of the San Jose Sharks. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I think it would think be good there. I like Arendelle. Couture was the one taking the shots. Jumbo was dishing it. Oh, yeah. Probably. He's got a terrible shot. <laughs> it was laughable when he would shoot because he had this big sweeping wrist shot. And so when he scored, it was always like, holy moly, Jumbo scored. He's got a terrible shot. Unbelievable. But yeah, I'm still working on him to get on the show. He's funny. But anyways, moving on, Tim. Let's do some quick hits. Brought to you by DoorDash or no? They are brought to you by DoorDash. Use promo code NATION25, all caps, for free delivery and 25% off your first order if you live in Canada. 
A um, couple things here. The Red Wings, I noticed, they are 1-5-1 and one since they've added Patrick Kane to the lineup. He was supposed to make them better. He was supposed to put them over the hump. And he's actually, I don't say he made them worse, but they are not playing well, uh, which is too bad. So we'll see if they trade in the ship there. Do you the think they honestly will? Let's, let's, I don't want to cruise past this too fast, but it's been a great show for me saying, I told you yeah. so. Is the Yeiser plan ready to blow up again? Can we just say that? Blow the whole thing up? I was right. Nana, nana, boo, boo. Stick your head in doo doo. I didn't disagree with you on this one. They have lost now three in a row. They have slipped out of the wild cards at the beginning of, or I say even mid last week, they were in the top three in the East and the Atlantic. And now they're not even in a wild card spot. So I, I look at, oh man, they're out. I don't think you they're going to be so? in a wild spot again. Yeah. Look at the two teams behind them, the Devils and the Lightning. You know, like I get these, these teams are all super close. One win and any night jumps the standings around, but I think the wings are toast. Yeah, looking at their their schedule for the next week, they get the Jets, who are very good. Philly's a hard out. The Devils have been struggling, but they're good. Wild, Preds are a winnable game. Same with the Wild. And then you finish with the Bruins on the 31st. Like they, they need to start piling up wins, and I don't see them doing that with the schedule. Especially with Larkin coming back. He's not his full self. But uh, Hustle just went down as well. So, tough. Yeah. The Devils, tough. by the way, 7-3 in their last 10. They're doing great. Here is my question to you. Okay, just say they continue to slide. The Detroit Red Wings. What what do you do with Patrick Kane? Can you flip him and trade him to a contender? Just say in a month and a half, when you're definitively, definitively out of a playoff position. And Kaner comes to you, he goes, hey, let's go. Like, trade me. Would you do that and just eat the embarrassment of having him for like two months and then flipping him for like a second or third rounder. Do you think that's embarrassing? Oh yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. Cause you what? bring this guy in to be, be the difference maker. He's the one who's going to push you over the top right now. He's been an anchor, not his fault. <laughs> like I don't want to <laughs> throw cane on the but he's been playing pretty good for a guy who's coming back off of double hip surgery, 35 years old coming back early. And he's already got four points in seven games. Minus seven though. Woof. But, well, um, he had he had said before he came back uh, of like I know how good I I feel right now like I'm gonna make him real I forget what his words were but he's like I'm gonna be good trust me that's basically what the gist of it was and imagine I having it. that confidence yeah this is the best league in the world and you're 35 years old and it's like I'll be fine I'll be good I'll put up a point per game don't don't worry about me it's like Aaron Rodgers you know what I mean he's coming off of major knee surgery or was it shoulder what did he go down with. Knee. I don't know. Yeah. He, he it, might, it might have been Achilles. I think his, what is going on with people's Achilles? <clears throat> I don't I think don't Rogers got vaccinated, so it can't be the vaccine. He didn't, no. Tim hates when I bring that up because he's like, it's a touchy subject. You hate when I floss my teeth um, oh. as well. <laughs> Yesterday, I'm just trying to have yeah, good hygiene. You, had, you were picking your teeth on the Zadorov interview. Would you have a mint at one point? You're talking with your mouth full for the first 20 minutes. I was like your mom. John, now you're exaggerating. I had a mint for like five seconds because I forgot to brush my teeth yesterday. You know when you're well, rushing out the door? There. Brush my teeth when? My, uh, one of my college roommates used to steal gum out of my drawer instead of brushing his teeth. Oh. He would just do it. I would have played <laughs> well, a prank was, on him. He was from Florida, so. That says a lot. Florida yeah. has not a lot of hygiene. 
Not a lot of hygiene. Yeah, they're, they're different down there. They're a lot different. Um, All right. These quick hits turn here. into long hits. So Adam Henrique has kind of turned into the trade target darling around the league right now. He's scoring a bunch. He's got uh, 10 goals in the year, 18 points. Nothing crazy, but he's, you know, he's playing game. In, uh, Yeah, a couple of games ago. Middle six role, um, and he can kind of do anything you want him to do. Six goals in his last five games. He makes $5.8 million. He's a pending UFA. He's going to get some calls. And even Elliot Friedman said, I think he's probably someone who doesn't get enough attention. I think there's going to be a number of good teams looking at him down the road. He's a UFA after the season. Good player. I think he's a great pickup. You know, if, if you're looking for that middle six forward, he could he could slide into the top six if you needed him to. He's not a legit number one center, obviously, um, but he can he can do a little bit of everything. So I think he'll be a guy that we'll be talking about after the holidays for sure. Gosh, he buried me when not me and my team when we were, I was with the Rangers. He scored that overtime winner, game six. Oh, <sighs> we would have yeah. won. We would have won the cup. So upset. Like yeah, Marty Brodeur stood on his head. Stood absolutely on his head. So upset. I was like, we used to, um, we used to drink before the games because we were healthy scratched. So we'd show up to the game midway through the first with a little buzz on, and it was so fun to watch the Rangers and the Devils and the rivalry from a, like a bird's eye view perspective of them going back and forth. That game was phenomenal. That whole series was just electric. It was so fun to watch, and then go down in the locker room afterwards and like be be around the guys with. It was a that was a fun run because we won Game Seven versus Ottawa, Game Seven versus Washington, and then we faced the Devils right away. It was just incredible. The rivalries were just electric, and I was just around. I was just hanging out. It was so fun. And then when you're in New York, so people were all jazzed up, and so we would go out for dinner and stuff, and people would be like, "Oh, the Rangers, come on in, come on in." I'm like. Oh yeah, I'm with the Rangers. Like, how many games do you play? None, <laughs> none. I'm gone after this year. I'm just here. Like, I shouldn't even be here. I should be at home. It was a lot of fun. Living I'm a loser. Time. I'm a responsible loser. I was at that point. Well, I was probably irresponsible. You know, I was losing money because you don't make any money in the playoffs. I don't even think I got my playoff share. All about that. Yeah, go call them. Yeah, that goes. You guys owe me twenty grand. Remember that hey, guys, the playoff run. Twelve years ago, can I get that? I need it. All right. Yeah, what else we do on tip? Oh, go ahead. A couple other quick things here. Just a reminder that Puck Doku this week, um, <sighs> today Wednesday is going to be the John Scott game. Where you picked you picked the winners and categories, right, John? On the how did that work? They asked me for twelve fighters, and they were going to put the thing together. Nice. So there's uh, we have a partnership going through hockey fights with Puck Doku all week. There's going to be prizes. There's a big game that you can play throughout the week. There's also different games every day. You guys know what it is, Puck Doku. Go check it out. Check out the Fight Week tab, and you have a chance to win some merch. It's a fun. It's fun. Yeah, I enjoy it. I'm a good one for that game because I've been on so many teams. I use you a lot. Um, I use Tyler Ennis. Uh, Ennis. Yeah, a lot of guys that have played at least Empniak has been on like 20 teams. You know, like yeah, um, Zadorov. You got a little sensitive when I said you've been on five teams. He's like, yeah, you said you said six or seven, and he was like, I no, did. no, no, five, five. Come He's on. been around. I, was, I I didn't know he played for Chicago. I was looking at his um, hockey reference. I was like, dang, you were in Chicago too. He's been around. How did he get to Chicago? I don't even know. Because he know. went from Buffalo to Colorado to Chicago to Calgary, now to Vancouver. So he went from Colorado to Chicago. Randomly, it no was idea kind how. of funny. All the the bad teams he played on and the oh. situations he was in. 
But a lot like Ryan Graves too now, where he's played with some high-end guys. Yeah. Like he's got Quinn Hughes and he was with Kale McCarr. That's pretty neat. Like I played over seven teams and the best defenseman was probably Duncan Keith. Nowhere Mm -hmm. near a McCarr or Quinn Hughes. I never played with a guy who was just so offensively gifted and they can control the game. I think the best offensive defenseman I played was Merrick Zidlicki. Remember him? Yeah, I do. Like but unbelievably, like, but not a fast skater. Well, like, yeah, these guys that played with McCarr and Hughes and McKinnon and Crosby, like, who would be even the next best defenseman after Keith that you played with? Maybe Campbell? Brent, Brent Burns? Burns, yeah, Burns. That's a good point. It was funny. I had Burns in Minnesota, and then I got him again in San Jose and how his career changed. He was so, like, out of control in Minnesota. Would pinch, would be caught all the time, two-on-ones, three-on-ones, giving up chances left and right. The coaches were so frustrated with him, they were thinking about putting that forward. They did at a certain point. And then catching him in San Jose when he was just, he was, he was mature. He knew when to chan- take his chances and to jump, and it was, he was so much better. It's amazing what a little seasoning does. I'm hijacking your quick hits here, Tim. Sorry. The, the last thing here is just a reminder that the NHL roster freeze for the holidays takes effect tonight, or Wednesday um, at midnight and runs until Thursday of the 28th. So there's no trades. There's no waivers. There's very limited action they can do in terms of uh, moving guys up and down the lineup, buyout, anything like that. So we'll have a little break from the transactions for a while. Anything else, John? Who cares about that? Why would we even bring that up? Just in, I don't know. I think it's interesting. I don't think I it's that interesting. Okay. Okay. This is like, I've seen, this has nothing to do with hockey. This is a question I've seen floating around the internet recently. How many owls would you have to see in a day before you thought something must be wrong? Like, like you wrong see one, how? Like it, the world's ending? So they're flying yeah, south? Yeah, like something or? horrible is happening. Like how many owls would it take? What's the minimum? Um, Probably six. Okay. Why? Well, how'd well, you get the number? Well, because uh, owls are pretty common around here, so I I would not be shocked to see two or three. Maybe they're of the same family, but if you saw six, it might be weird because they're very, yeah. you know. At what point are you calling your wife and just seeing if everything's okay? Never. I I, I would never <laughs> do that. No. <laughs> would, what What's the answer? Is there an answer? No, it's just funny how people call, like, I don't know, maybe six, at some point I'm calling my mom, like, hey mom, listen, I saw a lot of owls today, I just want you to know that I love you, no matter what happens, you know. Uh, I think you spend too much time online, Jim. I don't. This is, this is not an important question. This is because you're just a loser, You you can't have fun. That's fun to you? Not with you, I should have known better. <laughs> You've been zinging lately. There, you had a good one a couple episodes ago that I laughed out loud too. It was really funny. Speaking of funny, my buddy Neil Wachowski sent me an SNL skit last night, and SNL's gone downhill lately. The the qualities just hasn't been good. There is a good sketch. I don't know when it was. Gosh, was it this week or last week that they portrayed George Washington? And he, he I didn't see it. it's so funny where he just comes in. I'm going to change the way we measure things and weigh things. Instead of doing kilometers, we're going to do miles and yards and feet and inches. It's going to be great. It's so funny. Go check it out if you haven't seen it. It's one of the better SNL skits I've ever seen. So, yeah, I was laughing out loud. I don't laugh out loud often. But I did for you, Tim. 
than I did for that SNL skit. I watched it twice in a row. It was so funny. It was when I uh, asked how many, if Vander had killed your chickens. That was funny, too. How are they doing? I don't know. I I take a hands-off approach to them unless there's a fatality. This is a kid's (laughs) deal. Like, I got to take a picture for you for that car. Um, Yeah. Yeah, I I don't... um, I don't stay too involved. I turned the heater off. I bought a heater for him and it was just annoying. I'm like, you're going to cost me $300 over this winter because this heater is going to run all winter long. So I'm not investing that much in these chickens when I can buy them for $350 in the spring. You know what I mean? So I just, I took the heater out of there. Either they, they, like uh, Drago, if he dies, he dies. Tough. So GLI information, I just got the schedule. Game one. December 28th, Michigan Tech, 3.30 p.m. They got the early game, which is beneficial. You yeah. win that early game, then you have the late game the next day, so you get the maximum rest. So we'll be there. Who's game one the game. again? Game one is at 3.30. We'll probably do our podcast around 2.30 to be there in the concourse. Who are they playing game one? UAF, University of Alaska Fairbanks. I think they're That'd called the Sea Nooks or something. See gulls, not gulls. See something. I want to say like nook. I don't know. Check it out. We'll be there. It's in uh, Grand Rapids, Van Andel Arena, December twenty eighth. I'll be there the 29th too. Both games. Hopefully, Tech is in the finals. But that's it, everybody. I hope everybody has a good day. We'll talk to you Friday. Tim, does that sound good for you? That works. All right, everybody. Cheers. Thanks for listening to Dropping the Gloves with John Scott, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from to never miss an episode.